This is a historic first for the B2B Community Builder Show as we went live from a trade show floor because the trade show was the Community Leaders Institute Expo, a conference all about community building for businesses. I was supposed to be there, but there was a big mix-up nationally with flights. I couldn't do it. So ESAR went, my partner. And this one, we dive deep into the learnings. Esar is really, really good at deconstructing learnings from people that he meets, even better than me. I'm more of a conversationalist. He's like a really good, like almost like Tim Ferriss style. So we went deep into how the conference started with this like community report and the lessons learned that showcased the biggest opportunities and the biggest problems that businesses are having and capitalizing on those opportunities that then got more and more informed as ESAR met more and more of the vendors and more and more of the folks there. So we had this really great open discussion about how community building is this like giant trend and what you're seeing there, the three things that are holding it back and the solutions that are forthcoming that are going to make it easier for everybody. I think you're really, really going to enjoy this. We also share our methodology for what we do at trade shows to get the most out of our booth, which I think you're really going to like. And of course, There's a Marvel movie ending where I tell you kind of like the big takeaway after this. But even more than that, you get to listen to um, a surprise that we had for ESAR, which is this like compilation of happy birthdays from our team and and some of his friends culminating with a uh, parody rap I did out of like straight out of Compton. I did this like straight out of content rap, wishing him a happy birthday that the podcast ends with. And uh, and then you go into the Marvel movie takeaway. So I think you're really going to enjoy this. If you like this type of content, you know, we I did another one of these of like me and Isar going back and forth to start the season, episode 159. Go check that out if you want more Pablo and Isar pontificating. And we're probably going to do more of this stuff because think it works out well. So without further ado, enjoy. And next time, why don't you just show up live? If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if you can unlock the power of having a community around your business, then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community when you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue? That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable, how to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals, and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you if you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy. This show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel and hopefully... 
I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go. We are officially live on Facebook. It is the B2B Community Builder Show Season 5. It is a special show today. It is the first time that we are going live on site from a content activation. I'm going to describe what that is in a second with my business partner, our CEO, birthday boy, one day removed, star of the greatest straight out of Compton tribute video to ever be distributed on LinkedIn. (laughs) Isar Matis, say hello, Isar. Hello, everybody. This is absolutely amazing. Uh, by the way, I'm still not over the, the, the video that you recorded, the rap video. Those of you who didn't watch it, follow either me or Pablo on LinkedIn if you're not already. It's just for that, it's worth opening a LinkedIn account and following us. Literally, it will change your life. Awesome. You know what? I think we can I think we can play it here at the end of at the end of the show. I think I think we I think yeah. we go into our, our regular topics right now, try to give as much value as possible. And then we'll throw a little entertainment at the end. We'll show, we'll do the sound bite. Ryan, if you can find the link to it so I can click on it and share it at the end of the show, please DM it to me. That would be awesome. We got Rowan in the house. She's our community manager. She's helping you out in the chat if you need everybody. And we got the community checking in. We got Lee Bishop in the house, the MVP of the Not Travage Investor Show community, who I'm sure is gunning for that number. Number one spot. We got Stacy Dobis. Stacy, I'm so pumped that you are back in the house with us, hanging out from Heartland, Michigan. I learned that the abbreviation for Michigan is MI. There's a lot of states that start with an M, so there's many, you know, like Mississippi, Missouri, right? Like it's uh, it, it wasn't easy. I learned that last call, so I was learning everything, which is what makes the community so valuable. We got Gareth Badale. He is uh, my good friend from high school, joining in from from the UK. He's a drone expert. So I think, I think, yeah, Isar, you and him could, could become best friends. Totally cut me out of the equation anytime shortly. And as you are checking in here, would love to hear any questions that you may have about this conference, about community leadership in general. For right now, Isar, why don't we describe, you just gave everybody kind of a synopsis of what the Community Leadership Institute's all about. It was before we went live on, on Facebook, so it's not Maybe we can creatively edit it in, edit the, the soundbite in, but I would love to tell me about the content activation that you're doing, right? Like what is, what is this thing? When we say content activation at a conference, what are we talking about? Okay. So when people go to conferences, especially if they have a booth at the conference, they have, I, I guess, I guess the, the goals are always the same, right? You have three goals when you go into a conference. You try to attract people. You're trying to spend quality time with the right people. So, you know, you go to conferences, you know, between 200 and 20,000 people, but there's the 10, 20 people you really want to spend time with the right CEO, the right CMO, the right distributor, the right supplier, whatever the case may be. And you want to be the person everybody wants to follow up with because at the end of the conference, everybody's going to send 20,000 emails and everybody's going to get 20,000 emails. And you want yours to be one of those people respond to. So, what we do, we created this. So I, I can't move the camera around, but but what's really going on here is I have a TV production booth that lives within somebody else's booth, right? So in this case, it's the uh, Content Leadership Institute. So I'm part of their thing, but we're doing this for clients. And what we create, we create this mini studio within somebody's booth. 
Now, the studio achieves all those three goals spectacularly. And why do I say that? So first of all, when you see these big lighting thingies and people with microphones and cameras, you know, somebody's on TV and everybody wants to see who's on TV. So everybody's going to gravitate towards there and say, oh, my God, this is so cool. Like, what are you doing? What's going on? So this attracts a lot of people to your booth out of the X number of other booths that are on the floor. The other thing is people want to know what this is. So they're going to start a conversation with you. And instead of you having to kind of like awkwardly say, hey, what are you doing here? What are you trying to do? Which is what happens in most of trade shows. So it attracts people to you. It achieves goal number one. Goal number two is, like I said, is quality time with the right people. So you get to pick. You get to be the kingmaker, right? You get to pick who's going to be on TV. You get to pick. And those people, instead of like giving you five minutes of their time now, because you're making them an expert and you're putting them in front of the camera, we'll sit with you for 20, 30 minutes, which is unheard of in, in, a, in a conference, right? That somebody will give you. And all of our clients, by the way, 100% of them that we've done this with got to interview the, the keynote opening speakers of the show, uh, senators that happened to be there and got the respect of the show to be there. The people who run the actual conference, you get to interview anyone you want and spend 20, 30 minutes with them one-on-one having an educated conversation about the stuff they want to geek on. But the last thing, like I said, is follow-up. And because you're producing high-quality, amazing content for people, and you promise people to share the content with them, so something that they can share on LinkedIn to build thought leadership, everybody is waiting to get the email from you. Now, the last thing is, and that's a little small trick in between, is you have somebody take a picture not what you're seeing right now. So if I would have walked to the other side of the booth and take a picture with the lighting and the camera and the microphones and the whole setup, it looks like you're on TV. And then you go to the person and say, hey, give me your phone number. I'll text you that picture. Everybody wants the picture. Now you have your now you have their cell phone number, direct cell phone number of the CEO that wouldn't reply to your emails in the last six months. So it really is a really cool way to get the most out of a trade show just by doing what I'm doing right now. And I love that you are experiencing it right now, Isa. Right, like I've run, I've run multiple of these content activations. You are braving it in there. You, you're literally just like flying into this thing solo. Because spoiler alert, Southwest had this like crazy fiasco over the weekend. All their flights got canceled for like 48 hours. My flight got canceled. I wasn't able to go to Memphis, and we just made the decision. It's like you know what, Isa, you're going to do this thing solo. You're getting to experience it right now, and. You know, we're going to talk about all the interesting people that you've been able to attract to the booth to have a great conversation, to now be in our pipeline, to be perfectly honest, <laughs> and all the different learnings and 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 what's going on the show. But you you started off, first of all, give me the, give me kind of like, I, I know that you've been interviewing people. You got to watch the keynote, David Spinks. He's kind of the category king of community, wrote the book, Business of the yes. Long. I've been on his show. He's going to come on mine at some point here soon. What'd you learn from his keynote and the state of the community industry? Any, any key takeaways there? A lot of interesting stuff. So first of all, the industry is evolving very, very fast. So the, the idea behind community as part of a business has been around for decades, right? Companies have been developing communities for a very, very long time, but it wasn't a hype thing. Really, the hype started. And I think the first communities, quote unquote, that did that was more the training industry. So if you had, if you were teaching professionals on how to, I don't know, be an accountant. So there was like a a quote unquote community for continuous learning that you, once you paid for the course, you can be in there, you can get additional education and so on. So that's been around forever. But the buzz in the last few years have been 
growing faster and faster, really driven by the tech industry. So most of the bigger players in the world, like I mentioned before, you know, have these huge conferences where their followers, their community gets together with crazy, you know, rock shows and concerts and parties and everything. But it's really a community of people who are who feel a part of the journey of the company. And what's happening in the past few years is there's this convergence of the need for that on how to get away from the endless amount of noise in marketing in any other marketing channel. If you have your own community, then it's your community. Then the rest of the noise doesn't matter. So that's one thing. The other is technology on how can you make this happen? How can you bring the community together? How can they communicate? And anything from the, you know, everybody getting used to using Zoom or any other digital communication platform through the born or you know the the things like discord and like what's the other thing the 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 voice chat rooms that was a big hype last year clubhouse clubhouse so these kind of things from a tech perspective became common and available and and cheap that everybody can use and so everything is coming together and and what's happening really in the last 2 3 years is there's a lot of companies who are building technologies specifically to manage and drive communities, which before people kind of like daisy-chained and rigged stuff on their own to try to make this work. And now there's technologies out there to run and manage different kinds of communities. So all these things are kind of like coming together where this is just happening more and more and more. And the some statistics, and you can go to CMX, it's free to join, and you can download their 2022 report that they do based on a survey. They surveyed more than 780 professionals in community management. And there's consistent growth in the amount of companies who want to build communities, in how much resources within the company goes to build a community, in how much dedicated resources. So, so, so far, you know, five years ago, it was like, okay, one of the marketing people will take care of the community. And now there's two, three, five, seven people that are full-time managing communities, organizing communities, doing the ops of communities and so on and so forth. So it's really coming together and there's it's an inflection point right now in community building for businesses. All right. That was a lot, man. I couldn't get over the idea that we're going to make a whole bunch of money because we've been pioneering this whole community thing. But from what I heard from you is number one, it's happening more and more. And the barriers of entry are going down, right? Like the idea that technology is moving rapidly into helping you uh, create and sustain a community for your business is becoming easier and easier. And that sounds awesome, man. That sounds like really, really good things ahead for obviously for us, because we're pioneering this stuff, but like for the consumer, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in the idea that it's like, you lead with value and community is the ultimate value you can give to people. And companies are starting to really understand that as supply and demand are becoming commoditized, it's really, it's really all about the value that you can create and how much of like of a fan you can create and the power with economy of, of, you know, helping people around you. Are there any, did the keynote, did, did that first presentation or the study, does it highlight any pain points, any kind of like, obstacles in the way of community becoming a, a, a like a thing. Yeah. So, so speaking of us making a lot of money, <laughs> the, the two things that you hear around all the time, 
the biggest challenge, by the way, from the survey, so that's like industry-wide, but also talking to people here in the conference all day today, the biggest challenge of people is how to drive engagement, how to go from a... So we talk about this a lot in our podcast and with our, with our community, is we talk a lot about the difference between an audience and a community. People can create an audience. An audience means I talk, other people listen, and they like to consume my content. That's very, very different than a community. A community is relationships across different people that want to provide value for one another, that share some kind of a narrative that has a joint goal, that want to help each other grow. That's a community. So the biggest challenge people have is how to go from that, I have an audience to I have a community. So a group of people that will work with each other, whether I'm there or not. I'm just the facilitator. I'm maybe the driver of the general topics, but it's an entity of its own that lives on its own. The second one is obviously resources. How many resources are assigned to this? And the third one, and by the way, these are the top three since I started doing the survey in 2017. Mm-hmm. It's uh, tracking. Because as we know, it's this very vague thing with multiple little tentacles most of them are not trackable. So how do you track the ROI, the success, the return on investment, the value to the business of your community is a big deal that everybody's struggling with. Awesome. Awesome. That is really good to know. So it's number one, how do you engage people, right? How do you bring them how do you bring the audience closer to you, right? Uh, what yeah, what yeah, we talk yeah. about? How do how do we form an audience into a community? Number two, it was what was number two? Uh, resources. So resources, how many resources? Right? So education of the market. Educate. So to me, yeah. like education of the market in order to value the community piece, so that they can allocate the proper resources in order to do it. And number three, which seems like would solve a little bit of number two, is yeah. let's all agree on how we measure how we measure the KPIs of this thing. How do we how right. do we implement on this? That's interesting to me because I feel like we solve for all three of those. <laughs> well, the tracking we're still so, you know. Well, let's talk about fair. it. What, what what are we doing to track right now? Like right. So yeah, be fair. Be fair. Go ahead. Yeah. So to be fair, I think I think we're struggling with all three. I just think we're a lot less struggling than most people. So, you know, there's, if there's a scale, we're struggling here and a lot of people are struggling here, but we're still, it's still things that in our higher level strategy conversations come up all the time, right? Yeah. How do we justify the ROI? How many resources that that actually requires us and our clients to put into this to work? How do we increase the engagement? How do we bring people closer? And, and how do we track that? So you asked, how do we track that today? So there are two types of tracking that you can do, right? And and the holy grail is still, I think, pretty far, but there's two ways you can track this. One is to assume that if your community grows and if the, I like to call them value touch points, if the number of value touch points you create with your ecosystem. So how many people comment on your post on social media? How many people show up to your shows? How many people you have in your group, wherever the group lives, whether it's on Discord or Facebook or Slack, it doesn't matter. How many uh, people share your content? So every time you touch a person and provide them value, that's why I call them value touch points, you can see the growth in number of people in the community. You can see the growth in value touch points and you can see growth in 
business KPIs, number of demos books, number of products sold, number of re- inquiries, number of sales calls, number of in inbound sales calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. So all these things grow in correlation with the growth with the other things. So you can make the assumption that a lot of the stuff that you can't really measure drives the other. The other thing that we do, which is again, well, let's, is let's, holy- stop you, let, let's stop you right there. Cause I think we're going to get, sure. we're going to get pretty clear on the second piece. Cause Lee's asking, how do you track, can you track shared posts? Right. So, so this is the part that we're struggling with the most right now, right? It's the, it's how do you track the softwares that are out there right now? Our Chris Walker calls it the dark funnel, right? Yep. Because this whole dark funnel, this idea of where people are interacting with you in your social medias and what is being shared person to person inside social medias and their personal things and in other communities and referrals that aren't trackable, the softwares that that are used right now to help you and help us distribute content, track our content, they're not built for tracking that stuff. And quite frankly, Chris Walker again says they're not going to be built for that because it would make him violate serious pol- serious privacy policies, right? So yeah. we've been we've been working on our own way of, you know, how do we track total engagement and personal accounts and likes and shares and blah 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 blah. You know, we're what what has been your experience in trying to in trying to put that piece of pie together, Isar, because you've been looking into this for a quarter. Yeah. So it's 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 a tough nut to crack, right? There is no software out there right now that knows how to do it. There's one that are getting better. Actually, here right now in the conference with me, there are two companies who are trying to crack exactly that. And to call them by name, one is called Common Room, and they're right across from me. And my next door neighbors right here are called Orbit. And that's what they do. They're trying to put a software together that will know how to collect all the you know cookie crumbs and make a cookie <laughs> out of it. Yeah. So you know, oh... You know, Lee Bishop has been on Facebook and on LinkedIn and on Discord, and he's been communicating with us. And that means he's getting closer and closer. Actually, the Orbit model, I really, really like, and they call it Orbit because they're saying you are the the sun and there's people in different orbits around you in the community. And you're trying to get there into closer and closer to the inner circle. And there's different variables that they track to say, which layer, they actually call it a love score, how much they love you and your brand. I really connect with everything they're doing. It's a really cool product. But this is really the idea on how you track people across multiple channels can analyze their sentiment, if you want, based on what they write, based on what they say to the company, and then reward them, engage with them, try to bring them closer and so on. What we've been doing so far is we run this on Zoom, as you all know, because you're here on Zoom. Zoom gives us the biggest benefit of knowing who has been on the actual call. So this is, if you want, the smallest. Isar, Isar, I don't want. I don't want. The, I don't want the baby to get thrown out with the bathwater right now, right? So okay, because I think we're about to talk about what is working for us in tracking. But yeah. I, just, I, just, I like to, you know, this is my evolving format of the show. I like to recap what the expert says. So I, I would like to. I would like to recap what you're saying while Tilo barks in the background. You're basically saying that. We've been trying to solve for this. It's been impossible, but because of the trend and the pain is there, there are companies that are working on precisely just that. You just brought up two examples of companies that are solving for it. Orbit, and what's the other one? Social listening? Uh, common Room. And Common Room are solving for that. Yeah. Sounds really, really interesting. Real quick, have you interviewed either of them so far? I've interviewed the head of community for Common Room, and I'm interviewing the head of 
orbit tomorrow. So Let's yes. Go. Content activation working as it should. Uh, for, uh, for, the, for the record, I, and I failed at this, right? This isn't this isn't for you here in the chat, most likely, except for maybe you, Gareth. But I'm doing myself a disservice by not announcing on the podcast we do this service, right? Like if you want to do this content activation at a conference, we've done this now, man, I've done it now five times. It crushes every single time. This is the sixth time that we're doing it. You're going to win the conference, hire us to do it for you, or at least let's, let's hop on a call and I can help you figure out how to do it yourself. Anyway, and Lee, Bishop, so- Lee Bishop is saying it's totally for him. And I would have typed, thank you, bro. We he said, I like you, but the keyboard is really far away and I'm, it's going to be really awkward for me to type, but thanks, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it Lee? All right, cool, Lee. I got to get more familiar with your actual, with your business. I guess if you're trying to like make real good connections at real estate conferences, this could absolutely be for you. I just, I didn't know that you're doing, you know, you're doing conferences and trying to get business that way. But if, if conferences are a part of your strategy, if you're getting trade show booths, any money you're not spending on this at your trade show booth is just like money you feel like spending. This is the best ROI you're going to get. Anyways. Absolutely. Yeah. Good fact. Like, and I, you know, like, so, so that being said, we got these two software things that are trying to solve for that. Us internally, we found a new content distribution tool what, what, that, that we're going to be experimenting with that is going to help us piece that together. What was the name of that? Do you remember, Isar? Have we? Yeah, it was the one that the Joyce came up with last oh, week. Oh, so so yeah, so it's just listen, it's just another it's just another social distribution platform. The name will come back to me in a minute. So there's a bunch of them. We, we use like 3 already and we yeah. keep on switching when we find new stuff. The coolest benefit there is again is their personalized profile tracking yeah. is just better than all the other ones. So your ability to track what people are responding to and sharing from your personal information on your personal profile it's just mm-hmm. better than all the other platforms that we found. And it costs either the same or a little less than some of the other platforms. So it's a, it's a no-brainer from a tracking and ROI perspective. Yeah. And if uh, Rowan and, and Marge, that you're in, in the chat. Content you, Studio. Look, here, uh, Rowan just wrote studio. it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks, content. Rowan. There you go. That's why you got a community manager, account manager on the show with you. This is the execution at its best. Content studio. We've been we've been messing around with what are the other ones that we've used to distribute that don't give us those stats so that everybody knows. In case so they- be- before that, we use Hootsuite, which is probably the most common tool. Before Hootsuite, we use something else. In the middle, we tried we tried like four or five of them. So some of them Agora Pulse. Agora Pulse. Yeah. So I, I just want to mention something on the way we work, which is I think a, a good way to to work in a business as a whole. So we do our thing, right? So we have a platform that we're using. Let's say Agora Pulse, and somebody from our network or one of our employees in this case come and said, Hey, I found this other tool or a podcast we listen to. Some source comes in and said, there's another tool that has this benefit, go test it out. And what we do is instead of saying, Oh, let's stop everybody, all of our clients and ourselves from from posting on the tool we're using right now, or the process we're doing right now, we take one sample, which is always my show or Pablo's show. So it's something internal that doesn't damage our clients. And we say, one of the account managers is going to run in this case, it was my show on this new tool and see what happens. Worst case scenario, my show gets a little less listenership or a little less love for the next few weeks. And then we learn and we move on. But if it works well, now we build a process around it. So now we actually write an SOP, a standard operating procedure that we share with the team, that we make sure that everybody's comfortable with. And once they are, we switch everything over. So, and that goes for, you can do this for anything in your business, right? You can try stuff on a small scale without rocking the boat too much. And once you think that it's working well, find a way how to scale it up and then scale it up. So that's just a good business, you know, 
good practices regardless of this particular thing? Man, you know, Chris Walker talks about this all the time too. A lot of people, I, I, I'm such a big believer in the, if you are selling something, you better be the best at it. <laughs> right? Like there's so many marketing agencies that are selling you content marketing and they don't market themselves. Get out of here with that. <laughs> right? Like if you, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not eating your own dog food of the expertise that you sell, then get out of here. Right? Like JWB does this, right? Like they've made well their own wealth through uh, real estate investing and they're making money right alongside of you. Right? We're doing this by producing these shows, offering these services. Everything that we offer to people are things that we execute for ourselves as a way to win as a competitive advantage. I really think that that is the foundation of how you win because it's what Easter talked about, right? We're able to experiment on ourselves to then distribute it to you. And, you know, I, I just think that that's a really good tip of, of when you're evaluating a vendor or anything that you're saying. The other thing I want to, I want to say to Gareth, who said in the chat, oh, I'm hooked on content activation, just need a show now. I don't know if he means he needs a trade show for that, or if he means he needs to have his own podcast, but these content activations is a great way to start a podcast. Cause what you end up creating is like 12 episodes of a podcast that you now release for the next. In two days, in you two create days. 12 episodes of a podcast with the best people in your industry. So yeah, uh, yeah it's an amazing way to launch up. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. All right, cool. So we have recap. By, by the way, one more thing about Gareth. He, he asked earlier, like what's the balance between giving value and information versus wanting to capture people to target them and sell to them? And it's, it's, a, it's a very delicate question. And you can play this however way, however way you feel comfortable. We actually approach it in one of two extremes. One extreme is we don't sell. It's value, 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 value. And because you understand who we are, what you do, what we're good at, what's our different point of view, what, what, what can this do for your business or for you as a person, when the time is right, you will approach us. That's one end. The other end, which I mentioned before, is I can invite the CEO of Common Room, who could be a client of mine, and have a conversation with him for an hour. So this is the ultimate targeting machine to get exactly the people you want as a client. And I don't need to sell him anything. All I need is to plant the seeds in his head for him to understand what are the benefits in what I do to what he does. And because he's a smart entrepreneur, he will understand, even though I don't have to sell him anything. And what happens is, and I think the first person I heard say that is, uh, I'm trying to think. But anyways, the saying was, the magic happens when you turn off the mic. Right. So when the interview is over and you turn off the microphone, it's like, so explain to me exactly what you do. And then you come back with, okay, this is what we do. And then you plan a demo and then you get together and then it all starts. But that initial relationship building exercise of letting the other person geek out on something they want to geek out on and making them look like a superstar is the best way to make a, a good first impression. Very well said. I'm glad you caught that. Isar, you're clearly a pro. I'm just I'm just playing show host out here. Yeah, I've learned from the best, bro. I've learned from the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really good point, man. You know, the, to me, the the show itself, the engagement itself, the way that you draw the balance between sales and not sales, it's like this is the round of golf you wanted to take with somebody. You wanted to build a relationship. Exactly. You want them to get to know you. You want them to be comfortable with you. You want to figure out what their priorities are, what they're struggling with, what their business is all about. Figure out all the different ways you can help them. So when it's your turn to talk, which is after the show, you can be like, oh, by the way, that problem that you have, uh, here's how you solve it. Do you want to know more? <laughs> like that's, so, so, so that's kind of that's the move, right? And then the rest of it is 
if you want to actually be selling on show or selling during the content, it all has to do with what is finding that perfect intersection of what your content is about and what you believe in and what you know how to solve for, right? So like, you know, we we teach all that stuff inside the Relationship Flywheel Bootcamp, which another plug, we're launching it end of April. There's one coming up. If any of you want to enroll in it, we'd love to have you. We'd have 25 people go through it. Last time around, we're going to do another 25. It's under 500 bucks. So go to be the stage.live slash bootcamp. You can check that out, but let's keep going with the show. We start, by the way, that's how you sell while you're making content. So, all right. So now we've, we've got the tools that are trying to solve for that whole idea of quantifying the furthest reaches of the dark funnel. That's all coming. Makes sense. The other piece is how are we quantifying right now? What, what is it that we have? Maybe there's a little bit of back. What is it that we're doing right now to quantify you, sir? So, like I said, we're looking at two things. The one aspect is the broader aspect. How many people are in the community? How much engagement we're getting? In what platforms are we getting that engagement? So that's more of a, it's a high level, not specific quantitative data. The other thing that we're looking at is if you want the level of engagement, the qualitative data, which is comes from the feedback loop in the show itself. So the fact that you guys are here and some of you, many of you, not for the first time, means you want to hang out with us and you want to learn what we are talking about and want to get to learn from Pablo's guests, right? So that's a sign when people come back, when people engage in the chat, when people ask questions and participate, it means from a qualitative perspective, you're interested in the stuff that we're providing. And the third thing is really trying to tie back to the very specific. And I think that's the hardest to solve. And that's Our solution for it right now is literally the people who show up on the Zoom call. So we have a, to make it very practical and specific to save Pablo the next follow-up question, we have a Google Sheets document that takes all the data from Zoom and looks at who showed up on this call and on the previous call and on the previous call and so on, and puts it all together into a data collection that says who showed up the first time. How many people show up the first time every single show? How many people come back? How many people are, what's the balance between them? How long they stay in each show and show on and so on. But then because this is connected to an email address, when somebody goes and fills up a form on our website and said, hey, I want to chat with you, we can go back and see if they have been on any specific show. And if they've been on a show or a few shows, we know for sure that this has contributed one way or the other to them deciding to be our client. And this particular parameter, together with something that we actually learned from Chris Walker. So the other parameter is somebody goes to your website to, or, or however you do this, to book a call with you, to set up a, a demo, Calendly, whatever. You ask an open-ended question of like, how did you hear about us? Not a drop-down menu, but an actual open-ended question that is mandatory. And people are gonna, some people are going to say podcast. Some people are going to say social. But some people are going to say, I, Lee Bishop told me that I have to go and listen to your show. So I jumped on it a month ago and I've been hooked since ever since, right? That gives you, again, a lot of amazing qualitative information that there's absolutely no other way to get on the impact of the things you're doing within the quote unquote dark funnel. So I think that that covers both dark funnel tracking, high level tracking of trends, as well as specific individuals connected to the show. Oof, that was a golden nugget right there. I'm going to have my team clip that and paste that 
across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want to be a part of my life in connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe to the show. If you haven't already hit five star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. Uh, really well put, man. I'm going to add a little bit more context to that in the sense that right now when it's fully working, right? And oh, actually let's, let's put more context around it right now, right? So we're okay. talking about this idea of this idea of how you track this, our, our execution of this, let's be frank, is pretty young, right? Like we talk yeah. about that yeah. this starts paying off and really starts bringing in clients around month six, but you start feeling the qualitative feedback early on. Right now, yeah. Yeah. our qualitative feedback is look at who is in this chat right now, right? Like who is, who is at the show right now tells me a lot. One person is Lee Bishop, who has found us because our biggest client, our biggest success story, he's a super consumer of theirs. We've become close friends as a result. And now that Lee is building his real estate empire on his own, he's paying a little bit more attention on what we are doing internally ourselves, not just for JWB. Another person is Gareth Beverly, right? Like he is an old friend of mine from high school that recently has taken over as managing director for his for his drone consulting company. And if I didn't have this show, right? Like we 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 reconnected online about a year ago. If I didn't, and then we've been reconnecting now that he is, he reached out to me for a little bit of advice because he sees me online all the time and he sees me putting stuff out. He made it very obvious that he's been paying attention to what I'm saying because he regurgitated back my own language, which I was incredibly flattered and really, really impressed by. Thank you, Gareth. And and now because we have this show and we have an availability, we have the ability to show up and keep paying attention and keep giving us these qualitative feedbacks. I know that Gareth is taking very, very seriously, not just the fact that we're friends, but like how I can help him in business, right? Then we have Stacey Dobas who showed up last week for the first time, or maybe two weeks ago, Stacey. She liked what we were saying. She's continuing to engage, right? And then my buddy, Cameron Schmidt, who is, we made friends through BLR. Yeah, Stacey, there you go. Two weeks ago. So we made friends through the BYLR group. You know, like we, we've, you know, he's a friend of mine. He's interested in community creation. He gets to be here and 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 continue to learn, right? So we're seeing qualitative feedback signals right now that what we're seeing is starting to attract regulars to show up. This show in particular, we didn't do any extra promotion because I had no idea whether ESAR was going to be able to pull this off and go live with me and go behind the scenes. So we weren't sure what I could promise except for the idea that we we're going to be behind the scenes at this thing. Originally, it was going to be me there, right? Until, thanks, Southwest. But not, you know, whatever. I don't want to crap on Southwest. Yeah, Southwest. Pa- Pablo is supposed to be right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, correct. But we figured out how to do it. So that what that means is that the five of y'all that just showed up are engaged with us, paying attention to what we're doing in our email list, and different things, right? Another qualitative feedback symbol that we're really growing this community. What I would love to do is, you know, we're going to start off offering our office hours of where we're like giving advice and not just having a show open to the public. Right now, it's only open to relation flywheel boot camp people. So if you don't 
sign up for that. You can't be a part of it, but we're going to start opening that up to the public. That's going to be another feedback loop. But the beauty of it is that we're right here in the trenches, eye to eye, knowing whether the invite to the show, how many people are showing up. So is the subject worthy? Is is the audience growing? When we don't like really promote like a hook point, are people becoming regulars and just showing up and listening to that stuff? Are the types of people inside the audience, the types of people that you know, will our potential clients or not? And it's fine either way. It's just like really understanding who you're speaking to that allows you to continue to refine your business and build a community even better, right? So, and then that is that is kind of what's happening with us, right? Which I think is really, really cool. And second, uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> this is so great. No. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. So so I, w- I want to say something about, about the difference between an audience and a community, right? The biggest difference is when people from the community rise up and help other people in the community, right? So, and and I'm literally, like I told you, the keyboard is really far and probably can barely reach that. So what's happening is Lee Bishop is asking, is there a website for the bootcamp? And Gareth said, Ron posted it. And then Cameron reposted it. So absolutely amazing, right? We I didn't have to do anything because I can't reach the keyboard and I'm a moron, but I should have thought of that. That I need to have the keyboard closer for this particular event. But thank you, Cameron. And it's really what it's all about, right? That's you just saw in live what's the difference between a community and an audience. So thank you, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. This is incredible. This is amazing. So, you know, that is exactly where we're at. Now let's contrast that with the idea Stacy puts your community has your back, no keyboard needed. I love this. This is amazing. So let's contrast, you know, our signals, right? We just launched this thing three months ago. We tell people that this is the type of stuff that happens. Actually, yeah, three months. This is the type of stuff that happens within three months. Within six months, you actually start getting revenue. Our most mature case study of this motion as a community building is JWB. It's the Not Your Average Investor Show. It's the reason why I freaking love Lee Bishop, right? He's the MVP of that community. And that's how we've become friends. How we track for them is totally different, right? You want to you wanna tell them how we track for them, Isar? So it's not totally different, but it's it's a mix. Uh, it, it's a different mix, right? So they Sorry. we track it the same way. The results are totally different. <laughs> the results are totally different. Yeah. There's a, well, I think they're totally different just because of the timeline, right? We started right. with them two years and a so quarter. Sure. We started yeah. for us a quarter. Yeah. So there's in two years, hopefully, we'll make sixty million dollars off this as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, the the the. The biggest thing, and it was actually, you know what I'm going to share, and I'm being very, very open here. So we had these conversations with JWB for a while, like, how do we track this? Like, how do we all from, we feel this is amazing. We love people like Lee Bishop, and there's a whole list of amazing people that are regulars of the show that show up and, and, and get together and really enjoy this and support each other in the journey. But we said, okay, but what's the hard numbers? Like, what can we be? A hundred percent certain on, not speculate, not think, not warm and fuzzy. What can we put on an Excel file? And that was really the connection between people who booked sales calls and people who actually bought from JWB connected to people who has been on the show in the last X number of days. And for JWB, it's 30 days, which is a very, very short. So Again, the conversation was, no, 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 let's make it 90 days. Like, no, 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 no. So we said 90 days. They said 30 days. They're the client. They won. We went with 30 days. And to be honest, we didn't know, right? We said, we have data from two years. Let's go and check. Yeah. And and And, let's add a little bit of context here. We're talking about they're selling homes, sight unseen. (laughs) 
right? Yes. <laughs> They're selling $200,000 homes and we are, we are being held responsible to, well, you're about to say it, but I just, I just wanted to say what the actual thing, what the actual product is. It is, it is homes that we're selling and the window of time is 30 days based on the metric of. Yeah. So how many people booked a call and has been on at least one show in the past 30 days? By the way, returning customers, so the Lee Bishops of the world, do not count, which is sad, but they do, they do not count. So, And even then, their results are absolutely mind-blowing. So the percentage of people that convert from going on the show to becoming clients is ridiculously high. And because it's that, we're basically all know, including you know, Greg and everybody else in general, we know the impact is bigger because we know some people don't do not join the show. We know some people listen to the podcast. We know some people just watch it on Facebook. They never actually visit the show. But yeah. even just the people who has been on the show for the last 30 days is a big percentage of the people who actually end up buying from JWB. So why? Because at the end of the day, the higher the stake is, so in this case, Pablo said, you need to you know, separate from $200,000, $250,000 to buy a house you will most likely never see. That requires a very high level of trust. And that is true in B2B as well, right? If you want to buy staplers for your business, well, you know, it's a pretty low risk and you're going to go somewhere and go buy staplers. If you're going to buy the software that you're going to use to run your CRM, that's a big deal. If you want to pick the company that's going to do the marketing for you, that's a big deal. So the the higher the stake is, the higher the level of trust you need to have with the people and with the company that you're going to do business with. And literally, this is what we provide. We enable people to build trust and build relationships at scale. So when the time comes for people to make that move, when people saying, okay, I know I need this software. I've done my research. I've talked to people. I've looked at who am I going to go to? And they're going to go to the people they trust the most. And if you can be that trusted advisor, because you've been advising them on that topic for the last year and a half, they're going to go to you. Let me walk you back. Let me walk you back. Yes. Agreed. Right. Like that's, that's the whole value. You gotta stop me, bro. I can do this for the next two hours. You're you're going straight into pitch mode. I wanted to walk you back a little bit. So, so again, going back to what we're trying to solve for is like, once it's, once the community is really, really mature, what we're tracking to is within X number of days from engagement with the actual community activity. For us, that community activity is live show for JWB. It is 30 days within, you know, within 30 days of being an attendee on a show or a guest on a show, how many homes have been purchased. And then everything else we assume that we affect, you know, with the social media and everything else, we just assume that the rest is a like a positive buoyant force. Q1 of 2022, I'm looking at it right now, it was 25, right? We sold, we sold 25 homes to people that had been on the show within 30 days that inevitably were affected by the decision of, you know, having a touch point of the community and then putting down $150,000, $250,000 on, on a home that they hadn't seen, right? So, so at the end of the day, that is, that is our best measure of tracking what we're doing, but it's only possible because we've created these like engagement points 
that are easy, easy to track and easy to feel and contextualize and, and provide that value as well, right? So I think it goes back to the strategy of how do you solve for number one? It's how do you engage, right? So like, that's why that's why we're so high on this live show activation as opposed to just having a podcast, as opposed to just having a YouTube channel because of the idea that as it continues to evolve, right? Like A, you're solving for problem number one. How do we engage with people? Easy way to engage is offer them somewhere to show up to once a week where they're going to be educated, entertained, and inspired, and they're going to get to um, talk to some folks, you know, like that are going to be awesome in their life, right? Like I'm, I have no doubt in my mind that Gareth and Lee can be friends, uh, not to mention Gareth Lee and you can be friends, right? Stacey, I don't know if you're a total tech nerd, uh, but you, you belong in that conversation. If that's what you are, I'm not, I'm more of a, right, like, I, um, anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm going too far down the rabbit hole here, but like, you know, the, the idea, oh, well, there you go, Stacy. So we got four people that can definitely be friends that can make fun of me and how my inability to pair a, a, a Bluetooth keyboard to an iPad, which is real. Um, so, so, you know, it's, it's that idea of engagement. And I think we've gone really far into, the opportunities of community and the, and the, and like, kind of like the, how do you solve for the three main problems, engagement? Um, I keep forgetting the second one and how you track it. What was the second one? Yeah. Resources allocation. Resource allocation, how you track it. You know, this is an exercise in teaching you how to allocate resources, right? Lee brings up this idea that our client JWB, they have their, they have another way that they acquire clients, which is a, a, a partnership with a real estate education company. And that used to be their number one source of, of, uh, uh, of client acquisition. They devoted a lot of resources into referral fees for that partnership. Now, as time goes on and this matures, they're devoting those resources to our services and our scope continues to grow. And we've gone from just doing a live show every week to doing two live shows to now doing IRL in real life meetups and managing all that process. And, you know, spoiler alert, next step of it is going to be that um, I'm going to be going on podcast for them as like an evangelist um, and, and, and different things of the sort. So that is, that is the maturity of at least what we have seen solve for these three pain points the best. I'd love to see anything else. We see a lot of proof of proof of you know, concept in what Chris Walker has done, what Gary V has done, right? Like what we're doing is, is the service version of, of those kinds of things. And that's where we got our, you know, Gary V is one-to-one where I got my inspiration for why this can work. Chris Walker is now someone we're seeing that's like, oh dude, we're not the only ones doing this. It's killing it for him. Um, but that being said, uh, Lee, you can definitely give your number here in the chat, man. It's not gonna, it's not gonna get shared. I, everybody here is uh, good to go, but y'all should connect on LinkedIn too. I'm just seeing people make friends in the chat here. Uh, Isar, before we go into showing your happy birthday video, let's also talk about who are the other people, the other people that you have um, talked about. Oh well, Cameron's got a question. Great, great question, Cam. Um, Cameron has a question that says, "Have you guys started to incorporate Facebook groups or Discord for your communities?" You want to answer some of that, Isar? Uh, sure. So the answer is yes. So far, we do Facebook groups uh, as part of it. We're looking into other platforms all the time. Uh, Discord is definitely one that's getting a lot of love uh, in the last six months. Another one that is, by the way, leading the chart right now is Slack. Uh, mostly because, again, uh, not because it was built for communities, but because of two reasons that are really important. One, a huge part of the community building world is tech companies and they're just used to Slack. 
So you go to where people are and what they're used to use. Uh, but the other reason that Slack, and that's you ask for things that I've learned that are great ideas. One thing that Slack has developed very well is that there's different channels in Slack. So going back to Gareth's questions from earlier, when do you talk about your product or service and when do you talk about providing value? In Slack, you can have two separate Slack channels. One for here's where we talk about our product. And one is here's where we talk about value to the audience and things I think we need to learn and having general conversation. And one about pricing and one about uh, in fa uh, face to face events, right? So the benefit of Slack of being able to have different channels for different aspects of what the community, community wants to talk about, and you can jump between them as you wish is a huge benefit. So I've learned that from one of the girls here and that's how they run their community. Another thing that is very interesting that I've, from actually connecting two separate interviews that I've done today, again, from people who run communities for community companies, which is interesting, uh, is this notion of how to create engagement in the beginning. And the other one is how to create the lead bishops of the world that are your MVPs of your community that will jump in and help anybody in the community that wants. And the and somebody even came from the survey. I actually start from the survey. So the survey asked, how do you reward your most active members? And guess what's very close to the bottom of the list? Uh, what, giving them the stage? Cash rewards. That's very close to the bottom of the list. Top yeah. of the list is acknowledgement. Literally. Yeah. But that's what people want. And Again, the, the way we do this is the ultimate way of acknowledgement. You get to share the stage with the people you follow and want to be a part of the community. So great example, Lee Bishop had an incredible show as the guest of JWB last week after he's yeah. been as an as a audience in the show for the last two years, every single show. So it's these kind of things, you know, the uh, little tokens of gratitude, right? Putting a post out there. Thank you so much for doing this sending them a, a card in the mail saying, you know, you've been so helpful, blah, 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 blah. Just acknowledgement of how amazing this is that you're participating and helping and so on. So this is one, uh, as far as going and starting engagement, and that's something a lot of people struggle with. By the way, everybody who's doing community start struggling with that, some less than others. The trick is to know the core people. So the short list, so if you have 100 people, no 15. If you have a thousand people, no 150. If you have a short list of people that you know well what their strengths are and literally referring questions to them. So if a question comes up in the community saying, how do I do this and that? Instead of answering it as the business, go and say, you know, hey, Gareth, in a, in a DM. So not in the chat. In the DM, say, hey, Gareth, there's a great question. I think you are the perfect person to answer it. Can you do that? And send them the link. And most people, yeah, I was glad to do that. That's why I'm here in the community. And so you do this enough times and people start noticing who knows what, and then it becomes more and more organic. But in the beginning, it's a lot of behind the scenes introductions. And the girl that mentioned this, uh, she said something very, very true. It's like walking into a cocktail party on your own versus walking to a cocktail party with Pablo. Pablo is going to introduce you to 65% of the people in the room because that's he knows 30%. He's still going to introduce you to 65 people in the room because some people he met two minutes ago are, still his, are already his best friends. So, But he's going to introduce you to everybody. And now you have 
you feel a lot easier getting into conversations. You need to do the same thing in the digital world and in your community to drive these initial engagements until it grabs enough momentum and then it can live on its own. Dude, that was awesome, man. You know, it's it's so funny. It's so funny that this is what's coming out because these these concepts are everything that I started this company on and everything that we're basing the you know everything we do on, right? Be yeah. the stage essentially means acknowledge other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fascinating, man. And and like, you know, the all of this methodology and everything that we do basically was bred from the idea that. I knew that there was extreme value into being the social lubricator in a crowded room. And how do you do that at scale? Right. So like, I, that's, that's really interesting, man. Any other, any other big insights from the people that you have talked to today? Who'd you give us, give us like a little uh, rundown of um, the, the, the folks that you've interviewed and maybe, maybe any aha moment or any interesting story of something you learned from the, from the interviews you've had today. So, uh, first of all, I, I got to show you what's going on here. It's actually really cool. So you guys kind of understand. I, I don't know if all my cables will allow me. I no, really want to turn just this narrate, thing around. Narrate, narrate. Yeah. So there's like the, the, the afternoon keynote is done. And now there's like a swarm of people here. And a lot of people kind of looking to see what the hell am I doing? Because I don't look like the other booths. I don't look like I'm selling something. I just look like I'm on TV. So I feel like a monkey in a cage and people are want to feed me peanuts right now. But <laughs> uh, so... You asked any interesting takes. I think the, the biggest take is what I shared in the beginning, that there's a lot of shared issues with running communities. But that being said, because there's a growing group of people who practice that, there are more and more resources, more and more knowledge, more and more tech that's coming to help solve this. And if we look at the this and the growth of community as the future of business compared with any other marketing channel that is just oversaturated, crazy expensive, very, very difficult to get above the level of noise is going only in one direction, which is relationships and trust and communities are going to win, period, because nothing else can beat relationships. And, you know, in, in, in one of the recent podcasts that I've done on my own, I talk about this, you know, humans have been interacting with humans on any human activity since humans exist. So if you look homo sapiens, that's over half a million years. Digital marketing existed for 20 years. So we're, our DNA, we're rigged to trust other people as a means for us to jump on a bandwagon of any kind of sort. And we now have the tools to actually bring this into the digital world, which is absolutely amazing. Beautiful, bro. Well said. I love I love the fact that you feel like a monkey in a cage. I just put it in the chat because it means it's working, right? Like this is the activation, right? Like the, the fact that people are like, oh, who's on TV? What's going on over here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Stacy's saying, don't forget the rap video. Stacy, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming next. I just want to, I just want to put a nice little bow tie on this thing. And, uh, and, and, and just say that this idea that, you know, we are, I, I compare this Isar to kind of like the food industrialization complex, right? We, for eons, were very close to our food supply. We grew it ourselves. We farmed it ourselves. We lived in communities. 
where the food came from. At a certain point in industrialization, we started being like, oh, wait a minute, we can have more food. We can have more. This is awesome. I can have food from everywhere. Cool. Right. And we went really far down that path until at a certain point, it started killing us. Right. <laughs> until at a certain point, we started realizing we are dying from the stuff that we're putting in our food because we're doing these processes. And then the organic food movement came up. And you know, at first it was for hippies or whatever. And now Walmart is making organic food because that's what everybody wants, right? Like, I think this is a similar movement that's happening in the sense that we went from living in communities and by relationships and shake hand businesses to all of a sudden digital, you know, social media explodes and everybody can be a marketer and everybody can have a megaphone and all these different things are happening. And as the world gets louder and more digital and your phone can tell you what you want in five minutes and sell it to you, no big deal. We're going to revert back to what human nature is all about, right? Which is this idea that relationships win and the future is not going to be one or the other. It's going to be Walmart selling organic food. It's going to be who can deliver community um, by incorporating these technological products, by incorporating the wisdom and keeping genuine relationships at the at at the basic atomic element of business, which is really what it is. So oh, I think po- poetry, bro. This is <laughs> really beautiful. Let's go, let's go. I, you know, I that concept I got from this book called Phenocracy. Um, that I, I I forgot how they put it. They put it in their own way, but this like the beginning of comparing it to the industrial food complex just makes too much sense to me, man, dude. I really, really want to commend you for just standing this thing up over there, right? Like the idea that this is usually a two or three man operation. You're doing this on your own over there and you're doing it well enough to actually come on live. Something we've never done from one of these trade shows. (laughs) Execute. You're keeping the conversation going while people are looking at you uh, perform. I want you to get up and start networking with people immediately. Bring more people onto the show Buddy, I'm so proud of what you're doing and like the work that we're doing together and how you're representing us for the. By the way, spoiler alert, Isar Sakino, speaker tomorrow. We didn't even get into that. <laughs> so just really, really proud of you, man. I love watching your growth and, and thanks for thanks for making all this happen. But I also want to thank you, Cameron, Gareth, Lee, Marge, Stacy. I want to thank you for coming. Um, I don't take it lightly that you are essentially putting appointment watching on your on your on your calendar of like seeing that there's value here. I know that an hour of your time is a, is a big, big ask on a Monday. And I'm just really, really flattered to hear. So thank you for making this work. There, there's a couple things that show up a little bit before this, um, before the actual wrap. So I hope that you stick around with it because the wrap is here at the end. Here we go, Isar. This is for you. Yeah, man. I've only watched it like 65 times. <laughs> Isar, my brother, happy, happy, happy birthday to you. You are an incredible asset to be the stage, to JWB, to everybody you work with, man. You care tremendously, and I care about you, and I wanted to wish you a happy birthday, man. Hope you have a wonderful day, and uh, keep crushing. Hey, Isar, Jerry Mack, happy birthday. I want to wish you a really great year ahead. Really appreciate your curiosity. One of the things that uh, inspires me about you, just so many interesting thoughts and wonders about the world and just makes you a wonderful human being. So I hope you have a great day and we'll see you soon. Happy birthday, Isar. And I just got my friend to uh, join me in singing. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday, happy birthday to ya. 
Have a great year. Mwah. Isar, they say it's your birthday. Happy birthday, brother. I am so glad that I get to play with you in your space of creativity and brilliance. I wish you a very, very happy birthday with much love. Mwah. Happy, happy birthday, Isar. Uh, it's truly a pleasure working with you. And it's been really an incredible uh, journey working with uh, Be The Stage and having an incredible uh, leaders like you. And you really establish a very good company, an incredible company with Pablo and Gina. I just wanted you to know that uh, you're making a difference in our lives. So I'm just here wanting to get you a happy, happy birthday and I wish you all the best. Happy birthday, Isar. I want to thank you for um, being the bridge um, that connected our past lives to the present. Um, without um, without you, we would have not um, been part of this um, really, really amazing family, amazing team. And I'm really happy that um, I met such an amazing person like you. I can see how um, how responsible you are as a dad, how loving husband you are, a good friend, and really um, an incredible leader. Hi, Isar! Happy birthday! I am so happy to be part of the company and to have the coolest CEO who's as humbling and as authentic as you are. I wish you all the best, Isar. We are now in a, in a resort having a grand time. <laughs> happy birthday! Happy birthday! Hey, come here. Say happy birthday. Say happy birthday. Happy birthday, Isar. Happy birthday, Isar. Isar. Usually the weekends that you spend are birthdays with your friends, with your families, and now it's yours. So I wish you had a blessed one with the family. Pikla uh, and the kids, and you know, some friends, and hopefully, you know, some of the classmates. <laughs> usually, attend, uh, I mean, usually attend those um, their parties, right? But um, anyway, I wish you all the best of luck in your career. You're you're one of the few people that I look up to um, in when we're talking about tools because you know I also love tricking tools and you know the technology. But um, again, I wish you all the best and of course I wish all the happiness and as always good health thank you okay so happy birthday man uh, I want you to know that I truly appreciate you and the amazing work that you're doing at Be The Stage you know Be The Stage has been incredible like a huge part of my personal growth for the last couple of months and I believe I matured a lot partially thanks to you and the leadership team you know teaching me all these lessons and me understand how things work and how can I be of service and I believe you truly embody that you know being of service putting relationships over transactions and more important than that even listening and challenging and questioning ideas presenting a new point of view which I believe we're lacking nowadays you know not a lot of people actually want to do the work of presenting a, a different you know, mindset or point of view and actually challenging the status quo. And I believe you embody that very well, which is also, you know, part of the entrepreneur gene. But anyways, uh, I don't want to rabble too much. I'm just super grateful for you, man. And 
I know we're gonna have an amazing year and I wish you not just an amazing day, but an amazing week with your family because every birthday is worth celebrating even more than the last. So uh, thank you so much for teaching me all these lessons and uh, yeah, let's get to the party. You are now about to witness the strength of a This is awesome, bro. Partnership. Thank you. Deserve it, bro. We coming straight out of content for my brother named Esau, who's become a total content piece, y'all. Been in my podcast two years ago. Had no idea you the BTS CEO. I just love working with each other. Yeah, you're my partner, but you feel more like my brother. Known as a talented creator. From the intro to the digital accelerator. Always been a tinkerer and tweaker. And now a world-class keynote speaker. But what I see others don't witness is Esau's everyday greatness. He's always bringing great perspectives. From his many experiences in business. Treats everybody with respect. Building processes and cooperating tech. And if a prophet wants to see the pink stack, yeah, he's the guy we sent to go and get the check. Same values and on the same mission. Cause relationships will always be transactions. Keep going, failures got no shame. Cause we out here in the infinite game. Day and night executing excellence. And we always be pursuing happiness. Under promising and over delivering. For all the joy into my life that you bring. So before this moment gets away, you start. Happy birthday. We coming straight out of content. <laughs> so hard. That was so hard. Well, there you go. If you were really hoping to get more of Pablo rapping on the podcast, that was uh, my gift to you. And I hope that you got to listen in on that. When it happened live, Isar's face just like lit up watching everybody you know, wish him a happy birthday. He really thought it was just going to be that rap, which he had already seen. And then we followed up with another probably 10 minutes of his uh, his Israeli network speaking in Hebrew, wishing him a happy birthday, including his parents and his family. And he ended up uh, getting teary-eyed. So it was a really, really special moment live, which is what uh, you get when you show up live. You get to be a part of it. Everybody, Everybody that was at that show stuck around through all of it. And it was a really, really cool moment. So if you don't want to miss any any special moments, I encourage you to go to tinyurl.com, B2B CB Season 5, and, you know, just throw it on your calendar, show up whenever you got a chance. And now the, the Marvel movie teaser, I, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know how how much more we can emphasize this idea that like it's obvious that community is a major major growing trend in b2b in the business world as evidenced by this awesome conference that was put together right now that we're kind of coming back from the pandemic and just very very interesting that this has gone from a tech problem to a people problem to a tech problem to a people problem. It's going to continue to to go in those cycles. I'm very excited about the technology that's coming. But at the end of the day, you can't fake engaging your clientele. You have to have a system for that. You have to have some kind of starting point at the center, the nuclear reactor that powers the engine needs to exist. And if you are hoping to just come up with that out of your own head, it's a really, really tough lift. You know, I see 
marketing agencies approach companies all the time and it's like, man, we can set up all these pipes and we can set up all these different distribution systems, but it always falls back on the on the leader to come up with the content. And I think that's the fail point. It is where do you come up with a consistent way to engage your clientele, find ways that give you these qualitative feedback points that you can continue iterating on, right? Like these leading indicators of feedback, such as who is showing up to your show, such as who is engaging in your micro content. Coming up with that stuff is the giant choke point that I hear most of the folks that come to us really, really struggling with, which is why putting in this methodology of having a weekly, weekly live show or just a regular cadence of live invite shows where you get to interact with somebody who you think is going to be interesting to your clientele. You get to invite your clientele and see if they actually think it's interesting and you start to iterate through the language of what what is interesting to them and the topics that are interesting to them and start really seeing who is showing up. I'm, I'm starting to see that the people showing up to the call are becoming more and more valuable to me, right? Like I, I'm able to set intentions for, hmm, is this going to be interesting to this person at this company? And then see, are they showing up? And what has happened to me is that when I set that intention, a couple within a couple of weeks, they start showing up, right? So that to me seems like a much more attractive way to reach out to people and connect with them than like emailing so many times to see if you can get a cup of coffee with them and, and, and being this like thing on their schedule that they got to fit in. So I've never been higher on this methodology for the future of community creation, this relationship flywheel thing. And I would love to share it with you uh, at the bootcamp that we got coming up. It starts next week, right? So this is the final week to sign up to, you know, spend under 500 bucks, learn the whole thing. It's going to teach you everything from, you know, the micro, the micro pieces of learning that you're going to learn in this thing is how you're going to grow an email list off of this thing. I've grown a, a really highly engaged email list off of this methodology, how to just repurpose content. You're going to learn how to repurpose content at a really high level. If you see, you know, how much stuff I put out on LinkedIn, um, it doesn't take that long to go from podcast to this because we've created this really, really great process. You're going to learn a bunch of formulas of how to write better copy, right? The ABT methodology is going to be something. And all those three things are going to be very applicable to your life. The processes, the SOPs, um, that standard operating procedures, the frameworks that we're giving you, it's all going to be stuff that's going to be very cross-contextual to other things you're doing. I think it's going to be a really good use of your time. So I hope that you really think about joining this next cohort. And even if you can't make it to all the classes, just join Try to make it, come to the office hours, and and really just get this stuff and, and, and own this IP before it goes up in price for the next one, since we're progressively increasing in price um, as this stuff continues to work. So go to be the stage.live slash bootcamp, and I hope to see you next week on it. 
And as always, I'm going to thank my team. Number one, I want to thank Rowan, who helps me coordinate this. She's the one that is helping me book the guests, and she's in the chat, managing the community. I want to thank JP, who's editing this stuff and putting it together. I want to thank Nicola, who's turning into the best writer in the world on our team. He's running the descriptions and the captions and stuff like that. I want to thank Joyce. I want to thank Joanna. I want to thank Marge. I want to thank Gina, our COO, and our chief heart officer, who is the center of our culture. And I I want to thank my partner Esar for jumping on this ride with me and helping us build out this business and remember until next time never forget that relationships will always be more valuable than transactions.